we're always the worst. no we're definitely we're always the worst of all possible versions of um, ourselves or anyone else with that's our right name. i agree like you're you're definitely not as good as the aj who makes the pizzas oh and i'm not yeah and I am I'm, the AJ who I'm, the pizza. You know, there's probably. <laughs> I'm the AJ. I'm Nick the pizza. pizza. There's probably worse Brian's than me. Anyway, hi, folks. I am rolling, and I said I would tell people when I started, but I didn't. <laughs> you motherfucker! <laughs> the worst of all possible Brian's. I'm the worst of all possible AJ's. And I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. This is a special piece of content that yeah. we are piping straight into your fucking ear holes. Yeah. Because uh, lots of holes, actually. Urethrae. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. We are sounding our you way. You got a hole, we're in it, baby. Into your hearts. Um, <laughs> the, the whole reason that we're here today uh, is because a very good friend of the show, uh, Rosie Armstrong, who you might remember, of course, from our episode where we talked about Christian contemporary music. And specifically uh, Z Music Television. That's the, right. The that's hottest right. property of the 1990s. Out of the uh, Grand old Opry. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, basically, we, uh, she is in town. In, in She's in town, alone. A whole <laughs> band with her. There are, other than me and Brian, there are, there are five other people in my living room yeah. right now. Yeah. AJ uh, is AJ one left. of them. <laughs> yeah, no, he's gone. I'm gone. Did I say I other than me and Brian? Brian? Can yeah. anyone see me? Yeah, we are, we are joined Please by- somebody see me? I'm doing great today. We are joined by the entirety of Hans Gruber and the Die yeah. Hards. Yeah. This is, this is Groob's cast, folks. Groob's cast. So, Groob's uh, cast. let's just take a moment here uh, and, you know, pass the mics around. Yeah. If, you've, if each of you could introduce yourselves- talk a little bit about what your role is in the band. Uh, we'll get started that way. Well, I guess I'm the worst of all possible Kurtz. Hey. You can be. Yes, you can be. Some people can. I, uh, I play trombone and also do lead vocals for, uh, well, not lead vocals, co-lead vocals for uh, Hans Gruber and the Diehards. Is that just like just vocals then? Like normal vocals? Yeah. No, they're special vocals. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's, they're, it's Kurt vocals. Kurt vocals. That's, it's, uh, I went to school for it. <laughs> I have a PhD in myself. I know what you went to school for. <laughs> and that was being a better servant of the Lord. Hey. Through Amen. filmmaking. Amen. filmmaking. <laughs> the word of the Lord. I went to school for the same thing. <laughs> and you better believe that I, every day, go out and make Hans Gruber a servant. For Jesus Christ. That's yes. great. Yes. That's great. We're so proud That's of you. That's the thing Kurt. people don't remember about Die Hard is Hans Gruber, a devout Catholic. He I'm was here Protestant. just to be He's the German. juxtaposition to yeah. uh, the worst Kurt as he solidified in that speech. Uh, so I'm Chris. I'm the drummer and one of the songwriters for Hans Gruber and the Diehards and a, a devote atheist. And I really, <laughs> I really bring the lack of spirituality and God into the band. I really mm. make sure uh, mm. my heathenous ways, uh, you know, infect every moment of our touring lives. Mm. Did um, you say heathenous? I did. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I just, I just bring the bad. Is is what cool. it is? I guess uh, if that's the worst version bad. of me. I, yeah. yeah, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Rosie Armstrong. Y'all have heard me before, as they said. Um, and I play the tenor saxophone as well as um, Rosie vocals, which I also right. majored in. Oh, nice. <laughs> we, it was a, technically a minor. Uh, mm. She doesn't tell you at the uh, school of Kurt. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you both learned to, to serve the Lord. Uh, and, and, and you still carry, of course, the spirit of the Lord in yeah. your heart. Correct, and um, that's why I went to the the Kurt School because right, as yeah. as my husband, I must submit. To- <laughs> 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 
I'm Danger. I play bass. Um, I was the janitor at the School of Hard Kurtz. <laughs> <laughs> Did you solve math problems sure yeah. on yeah. the board? Uh-huh. Well, it's not yeah. your fault, Danger. Danger. <laughs> what if it is? It's not your fault. Oh Danger is not your fault. Oh, it my God. What is, this? Yeah. what is this? I don't like these apples, AJ. I don't like them. Uh, yeah, I mostly sleep in the van. That's about it. <laughs> hey, I'm uh, Michael. Uh, I play, I'm the worst of all possible guitarists. Yeah. Oh, wait, a band that has guitar, drums, trombone? Saxophone? Yeah, what kind of band is this? What is this? A leather bar? Hey. Hey. Um, yeah. We played a leather bar once. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Tell us about it. Please. You know, I, it was a while back, but it, I just remember being like, oh, San Francisco, yeah, the SF Eagle. And uh, well, I didn't get hit on as much. Okay. Usually yeah. I get hit on. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think Chris, Chris was the only one who got Chris hit on. Chris was, was Bell of the Ball. <laughs> the, our, the, <laughs> the resident bear. Uh, yeah, my my wife has to sometimes keep me behind her because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of bear traps in this world, and uh, I somehow stumble right into them. Um, and and the eagle in San Francisco was uh, definitely no different. But mm. it was nice. Uh, a, a, a gentleman just decided he wanted to hold my hand without me understanding, and I was like, "Oh, that okay? Yep." Uh, I got my hair pet for a while. Oh, nice. I got a slight back rub. Really, I, to be honest, I kind of would rather play more daddy leather bars because. Yeah. I got treated. Just, <laughs> I, just, I got treated like the queen I know I can be. I believe it. I mean, just because, you know, the audience can't see you, Chris, but just to sort of describe sort of your overall uh, appearance, you know, you have a fantastic beard. Um, yeah. You've got like a really sturdy build. You've got some wonderful tattoos. Um, and, and I can you, you absolutely are, you described everyone in a punk band that's white from the East Coast. <laughs> you are a ska daddy. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, it's daddy, I believe. And, uh, and we're proud of you for it. So um, the first question that I guess I, I wanted to ask now that we have all been introduced and, you know, good luck keeping these voices straight, listeners. We'll do oh, it our doesn't best. Matter. They, they can't keep the three of us straight. Uh, you're it's, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking over They're for like, you. Oh, host. there's Rosie and everybody else. So <laughs> this one is for Kurt because Kurt, um, you had mentioned before we started rolling, uh, a little bit about, there was a, a, a song that you had mentioned about, um, it was like a, was a five iron frenzy or something like that about no, real big fish, real big fish, real sorry. Big fish. <laughs> the secular five iron frenzy. Yes. Yes. Um, just about like sort of what the, the slightly less godless five <laughs> iron frenzy. The, uh, the added, I'm still mad about Jesus of Nazareth. I think this is something about like the vibe of, of, of ska and the attitude and something like that. And I'm just curious what, what, what's that all about? Tell me about that. Well, during my time when I was lost in the wilderness and I was mm. not, like Kane. listening to CCM. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was a time when 40 days I did, I did listen to real big fish on occasion. And I do think of the song sellout on a daily basis. And in all seriousness, I do, uh, I sell biscuits and gravy for a day job. Yeah. And um, it's fine. It's not a hard job. You know, it's breakfast. It's, I'm done by two. But that's our pizza. pizza. That's our pizza. Hey. got me out of this conversation. Yeah. Uh, I have begun to relate to the song because it talks about selling out and yeah. not working in fast food. And every single day I'm like, man, that's. 
that sounds really nice. Like, yeah. what, what genre do I need to switch to to make this happen? Because <laughs> I, I don't know if you knew this. Ska's not really big. No, oh, no. no. It's really not a profitable genre. It's not. You know, we are we're trying our best, but those ska bucks just aren't coming yeah. in. Okay. Well, you know, you're a band from Texas, and I've recently learned that in Texas, a great way to make some money is to be a high school uh, teenage girl writing a musical based on the style of Hamilton, oh, but it's God. about Jesus Christ and yes. his apostles. Oh, no. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah. So, oh, if you I'm ever need to make so. a pivot. So, there's some real money actually going into this show, <laughs> oh, which is huge. the most the wildest Dynasty part. money. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I do want to specifically, though, pull it back to what it is like right now being a, a, a touring band on the road in 2023 where you're still kind of like doing it all by yourself, right? The, the bookings and, and, and finding places to stay, finding places to eat, all of that. You know, what does the process of putting together a tour look like these days? It's a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's a lot of work. And I think that people don't always understand the amount of time that goes into just booking like one show. So if I'm in a city I've never been to, it's like I have to start. We prefer to hit up bands first rather than venues because sure. usually if it's a new venue, they'll just ignore you because they have no idea who you are. Oh, yeah. yeah. I get it. I, I'm not anybody. So we start hitting up bands. And I would say for every 10 bands you hit up, about one of them gets back to you. And that's not with a yes. That's with the usually a no. Yeah. And like, like a hi. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you're what, coming here on a Wednesday. <laughs> you know, it'd be a lot better if you came here on a Friday. Cause we have seven Fridays in my town versus your town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, me and Chris do the bulk of the booking and like, it's gotten easier. Yeah. No. Yeah. Rosie, I would say Rosie. Well, as well. Well, recently Rosie has yeah. been taking up and yeah. doing a lot more, but we, when we started, it was a lot worse than it is now. We mm -hmm. definitely have a better response rate. I think it's just because we've been doing this so long and we've yeah. traveled across the country so much. Yeah, I'd say like we occasionally now see the excited response versus the vague, do I even want to put the effort in to talk to you response sure. that we used to get? Because now it's like, like even last night, even though we kind of knew him as friends, they're like, oh my God, we can't believe you reached out to ask us to play a show with you and help us out or help you guys out. because. Yeah you're like one of our favorite bands. We and all like, teared up on the bridge over yeah. here. <laughs> there, was, there was crying because we got this really sweet message, but then we were wiping away the tears because we finally were out of Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I, That's a funny thing because you... I saw you guys in, I think, 2019, 2018 in oh, New yes, York. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That was the Sergeant Scagnetti show. Oh, in yeah. Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember talking to you Rosie and you were like yeah we don't come to New York because this shit sucks and like we don't actually that make money here. That was our first good New York show. Yeah. That show specifically. This year this is your third time in this city. <laughs> we found out mostly avoid Manhattan but um, <laughs> not not entirely true. It, I think yeah. part of it was just You're being smaller. Yeah. 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 Being smaller and um, I'm originally from Connecticut and then Massachusetts and we would home base in Connecticut mm. and try to root hour and a half to two hour drives. Cause you can do so much more touring like that. And the East and West coast. Sure. Mm -hmm. We live in Texas and we live in technically central, but most people would say it's Southern, but it's not central. Yeah. But we want to go somewhere. It's eight and a half hours to the left. It's three to six hours to the right. And it's uh, anywhere from three to four hours going North just to play show one. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, and so we would do that, but then you got hit with the bridge cost. You don't want to leave your van uh, unattended for too long and all these other things. But then we would have problems at shows where like, Hey, who are you here to see tonight? And they would mark down next to your name. 
And it was like our first or second time ever playing New York City. And we're like, uh, no, nobody knows us. That's part of touring. Right. We need to yeah. meet your fans and your bandmates. And, and that completely negates that experience. So we didn't just get paid. We literally got nothing for our first two shows. Got paid in exposure. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think like this year when we were finally coming back to New York, I was like, well, is there a way we can kind of like drive into the city and then do different boroughs so that we're not paying that toll like a million times? Because yeah. the first time I was with the band with the Sergeant Cagnetti one, it was like, how many fucking dollars was it? like 30? I don't remember. It was a lot of money to yeah, come across. Yeah, a lot of bridges. Yeah. And sometimes they'll like, they'll miss... <laughs> Misgender is God. the best word I can use, which is the wrong word. They'll like yeah, miss, no, they misgendered miss Vanny. Yeah, Vanny, Vanny has, has two axles. Oh yeah, sure, yeah. sure. More than that, they yeah. tried to they tried to assume that because Vanny was a fifteen passenger van, that Vanny had six axles. Oh come on now, come on now. Yeah, so, we definitely did get charged. It I, was like, what, I almost blew a gasket in the brain there. Forty dollars or something ridiculous. Yeah, we're not Jesus. a bus, and there's well, no there's no another arguing. day in Eric Adams' New York. Well, let me tell <laughs> you. Right. At least we got swag. <laughs> I, but but that, I, that's interesting, right? Because those are costs that are, I would say, you know, a, a $20 toll might sound nominal, but like when you're on the road and you're going from place to place to place to place and you aren't getting a great deal of, of, of money in. Yeah, you're uh, taking time off work. Right, you're, yeah. Right. It, it's, it's probably pretty difficult to get those numbers to add up, I imagine, right? Yes and no. I mean- I can say our last tour that was like just shy of 50 days. I think the total in tolls was 200 ish. Okay. For all that time. Mm -hmm. And main, mainly that just was the East coast. It meant it was Pen the Pennsylvania turnpike, Jersey, yeah, yeah. New York city. And that, that was about it. And, and mass. Uh, and some loony, some loony ones. Oh yeah. We paid some loony ones too. But like, because we did a lot of grinding early on, mm -hmm. we we hit a point probably as early as two years into the band where we weren't putting our own money in. Okay. Uh, okay. And, and a lot of that comes from a probably overperforming in our local area, but also we were branching out and playing a lot in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. Uh, and then something we're always proud of is our merch game is a lot different. Uh, and that, you know, this is advice to other bands. It's like, yo, don't have one shirt and one CD, like branch out. Yeah. If you, you look at our right, shirt yeah. display, we make a point of having multiple colors and like one black shirt at times. Although I am curious about that too, because if you are printing more shirts in more styles and more sizes, that's also more skews to keep track of. Does that make it more difficult from like an inventory management perspective or do they always sell out? I don't know that we know the word inventory. It's <laughs> <laughs> all just in a box the in the van. Management. Yeah. 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 So no, we, I mean, we just load bins of shirts we sure. just we, we have rolling sessions that's actually the hard part okay you have to sit there and roll a couple hundred shirts yeah, yeah. uh as chris rose is back out <laughs> day one of tour and literally can't stand for more than three shirts at a time well and but, one of the, your, your big sellers this year has been the groove top that's oh, correct yeah uh that's... tell us about the process for coming up with the groove top and, mm. and why you think it's so popular well, can you also describe the groove top because yeah. i'm not sure i've seen it it is a tube top with hans Gruber the diehard logo on it oh that's yeah. pretty intuitive yeah, yeah. So I, I don't remember. It was Kurt and I talking about it together. And I think I was just like, dude, the 90s are coming back. I was like looking at the kid, the kids. Yeah. Like, look at Gen Z. They're wearing the, 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 the tube tops. We got to <laughs> do it. I was like, we have to do it this tour. And then he was like, yeah. And then I don't remember who said it, but somebody was like, group top. I'm like, oh my God, it's so good. We have, we really have to. Yeah. So we did like a short run and this sold out instantly on that first tour. That yeah, you we, did a second run, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Well, group yeah. tube was thrown in at one point. Yeah, group group tube, tube. Tube. Some people yeah. call it group tube. Some people call it group top. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. Linguistic differences based on region. We'll yeah. just right, start right. selling the same top 
but one side will be group tube and the other will just be group top. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And whichever we sell more of will become the name. <laughs> so is, is, yeah. is in the sort of modern touring landscape then, is is merch the big money maker? Is 100%. that how you make your investment back? It's the only money maker. It's the only yeah. money maker. Yeah. We, if, sorry, I was going to say it's, it's crazy to realize where it's like, when I say merch, I mean, shirts sell better than any physical album. Uh, yeah. Like for every one vinyl I sell, I'll sell 10 t-shirts. Wow. And so it's like, so literally on the road, you know, you'll, you'll come in with a lot of stuff. And like, I mean, part of that's also when, at least in today's landscape, from what I can tell, a lot of albums are pre-orders for DIY bands. And so what happens is the bulk of the albums get sold right at the beginning. And then you have a bunch in your van that weigh it down for mm. months at a time. And some unfortunate soul gets the heavy, the heavy bin. Yeah. The heavy merch bin. It's no. usually Mike. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, that's how, that's how money's made. I mean, and that's how you can survive on the road. Literally when, you know, when we are talking about how we have, we believe we have such a strong merch game because of such a variety of shirts and colors and styles. And then on top of it, the hard objects like cassettes and vinyl and CD and stickers and pins and, and ska, yada yada ska pogs and, oh, and ska yeah. pogs ska pogs ska pogs ska pogs back in pog form yeah, yeah, we, yeah we, we, do we, have we have we have the only pogs. official ska pogs uh, not to, you know but that's true we have the only official ska pogs wow but our our merch you know, to I guess to toot our own horn. <laughs> our merch has paid. I see what you did there. Our merch has, for the most part, paid for album two, wow. seven inch, album three, upcoming. Like it, it really helps fund the band, and yeah. it also covers because we get, we usually every night get some kind of average of a door, etc. Yeah, almost never bar sales, none of that anymore. But like that doesn't really cover much more than probably the gas for the day sure. if we spend any money on food. Um, and then the occasional, if we have to do a motel. So the merch is literally yeah. actually the auxiliary income to fund the rest of the things. So something I'm wondering about then too, is, you know, that's, that's how you monetize once you actually got people in the door who are, you know, coming to the show. But we know from our experience doing a show that half of the battle is finding listeners in the first place. Totally. And I know that the streaming economy really, really fucks over uh, musicians in a lot of ways but it also provides for potential discoverability. And I'm wondering like, where do you find your listeners? How do people come to hear about you? I think it's from, from touring and getting in front of people. I think mm. that has always and will always make a bigger impact than any, you know, just freak accident. You know, it's, I think uh, Danger talks about this guy who says there's no such thing as self-made. And you can point out where it's like, it's a, basically a lie. Like if anyone says they're self-made, it's like, no, no, someone helped them out on the way. Someone gave yeah. them money. And like, and that's okay to accept that you've had help. Our van right now is Chris's father-in-law. Like the only reason we're able to go on the road so easy is because he lets us borrow it. So it's and like, my wife know. lets me leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No joke. And so it's like, that's well, like you shot a music video recently and that was just someone who really likes you guys had this really crazy house that you were able to, oh, yeah. to it was shoot house. it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, literally we shot a music video and the song's not out yet. And I, I need to finish editing the music video. <laughs> no uh, I know that feeling. <laughs> it, uh, but yeah, it was this guy with this really interesting, like, cow house in Boston. Not a house for cows. No, it was a dedication to Darla. One specific cow lived one in One specific yes, cow. True. <laughs> Darla. This is, Darla. This is a cow-themed home. Well, no, Carla... Dar Darla. Carla's my best friend. Darla's a cow. I'll get yeah. this right. <laughs> 
Carla. Who, who says that a cow can't be your best friend? It's true. very important to keep those straight. <laughs> I mean, Darla is probably, well, what's his name? Uh, Sam, Sam's best friend. Yeah, <laughs> Darla, there's no RIP. Darla oh, is okay. a, um, was it a- Animatronic Animatronic. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen the behind the scenes footage. This is the, yeah. the oh. best thing in the my, universe. My favorite was, and I'll let Kurt, because there was something I wanted to do in the video- and so Kerr, I believe, and or Rosie approached the I did, owner. Yeah, yeah. yeah tell- I was like, hey, like, I know this is kind of crazy, but like, like Chris calls himself the god of dairy. Like, we think it'd be just really funny if there was like milk on the tea and maybe like, he, you know, something. I understand. Pour down the side. Like, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like, pour down the side. He's like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. You, you can drink out of them. <laughs> So this <laughs> this hydraulic, no. this, this, <laughs> there's a spigot. Fiber, no. Was it fiberglass? That's what it was. What it was like. This cow. fiberglass, amazing <laughs> persona that was Darla. Not only had a barn door opening to light show <sighs> track, then hydraulic <laughs> lifted to be filled with milk for me, Rosie and Kerr, oh my to God. absolutely drown <laughs> ourselves in milk. And I want to give a shout out to Rosie on this because no one's seen the footage. <laughs> yeah. I was the first to go because I, I'm absolutely just going to be an idiot about it. And I'm literally sucking on this fiberglass tea. I'm drowning in milk. It is going up my nose, in my ears. I literally had to turn my head after my enjoyment was over. And it poured out even more. And Rosie didn't even hesitate. She slid under that cow so quick and just slurped it up off the floor. <laughs> I was just, you know, that was part of vibing. my, I was part of my, uh, my, uh, my child, inner child work because yeah, when I would yeah. spill milk when I was young on the table, my mom would make me slurp it up. Don't I waste just that to milk. Give a, uh, if my wife hears this, I'm sorry, Allison. <laughs> so speaking of spilt drinks, that was the best transition. I was once at a party and uh, people were playing beer pong and some of the cups got knocked over. This girl took a paper towel wiped up the beer and then rang it back into her cup and kept no, drinking. No, no, no. I was like, I'll give you another beer. <laughs> you certified don't have freak. to do that. Oh my God. Speaking of certified freak, we have one right here. I don't know if Danger wants to talk about it or wants me to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Okay. At a, uh, last tour, we played a show up in Connecticut with yeah. uh, Sergeant Scagnetti and then Brunovit, two of uh, older bands that like Chris loved for years and used to yeah. play Where with. I broke my face. Um, and I, I go over the merch table and we're right next to front of it. And I just see danger with a shirt from front of it, which has a really big graphic on it. So it's kind of like, it doesn't soak okay. it. He, they had spilled their beer on the shirt and I just see them with the shirt, like, like funneling it back. Into <laughs> so just in case oh. listeners weren't aware, we do play sky. We are poor. That shirt is being wrong into somebody's mouth. Buy a t-shirt yeah. so we can stop drinking floor beer. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Buy the T-shirt. We're probably still gonna do it. Yeah. Still gonna do it. Uh, merch link in the show yeah. notes. Check it out. <laughs> um, yeah, that money is going to pay for that floor milk. Is what it's going yeah, to. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was enough of AJ was so repulsive. AJ, yeah. the founder of AJ's Horse Corner, turns well, out was does not say, have a cow corner. I was gonna say this has been Chris's cow corner. Ooh <laughs> yeah. That's great because, by the way, if you don't know, we've invented a new subgenre. Uh, <laughs> I can't take credit for it. So I think it was was it me or you, Kurt? I, I, hey, I don't know. I think it was me. I think it was Rosie. I'm gonna take credit. Okay. Um. So there's some like young, not younger, but I guess more like active or current, not 90s kind of Scott, like more recent Scott yeah. bands. 
that call themselves New Tone. Not all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So they call themselves New Tone, and we decided that we're Moo Tone. Hey, all right. And, and the thing is, if you follow our socials, uh, we were proving that we were Moo Tone for years. We just yeah. didn't realize it. We didn't discover. Before it was Moo. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was excited for my birthday. I got to go to Grandpa's Cheese Barn. Correct. In Wisconsin? Not no. I kid you not. I think we ate we five Ohio. pounds of cheese before we got to the show. I think it was the first time I said, I don't feel good. <laughs> and I would love to tell you that there was a joke there, but my birthday was, no, was a it. few days ago. <laughs> okay. And they asked what I wanted to do. I said, I want a pecan pie yeah. and I want to go to Grandpa's Cheese Barn. Did yeah. you get the pecan pie? No, they didn't have any. <laughs> they had so, cheese. Okay. cheese. Okay, one out of two. <laughs> I, uh... Some other sort of, I guess, stories from the road here that I'm curious about. Um, one of which is, Rosie, you had sent me some images from a, like, <laughs> Precious Moments Museum and oh, it's Sculpture not a museum. Garden of some sort? It's not a museum. It's an active... Uh, it's a little... It's, it's an active it's place like a of worship. 1% museum. Yeah. Okay, okay. Tell it's me about chapel. that. It's a chapel. Please. It's a chapel. Well, It's consecrated. <laughs> With the tears of those sad, sad little... You walked on huge-eyed children, yeah. Okay. Gayest chapel I've ever been in. Anyway. Um, Hell yeah. So many rainbows. So, I, so many do, best do, friend, do, boy, do, like... like yeah, we David have a lot of young and, people who listen to the, this show. Do you think they know what Precious Moments figures are? If they have a grandma, I feel like yeah, the answer is yeah. yes. But so, I, I think like, it was Mike that didn't. Oh, okay. Mike, you yeah, didn't, yeah, know, you didn't know about Precious Moments. No, I was unaware of it. Uh, I thought with the way they were reacting to hearing that, I thought when we got there, it might ring some memories bells, but I did <laughs> not recognize. No. I was going to have Rosie tell the story about Precious Moments, but I want to hear it from Mike's perspective, <laughs> yeah. not knowing what Precious well, Moments was. Let me, let me give a little preface, yeah. though, yeah. which is I think in past tours, we have driven by and I've been like, oh, we should go to the Precious Moments, like as kind of a joke, but kind of like an ironic joke, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. As one does, and I, I, I'm pretty sure you, you might, not, you maybe didn't hear me, but I swear to God, Chris was like, "No, nah, I don't want the God stuff." And this time, Chris saw it on <laughs> Alice Obscura and was like, "We have to go to this." And I'm like, yes, because Alice do. Obscura legitimizes. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. True. Okay, Mike. I mean, it was just a very big, colorful chapel. What, what's your experience? You're walking through the door. What do you see? What's what's what what is meeting your eye? My my first what do you thought smell, was, Mike? you know, I <laughs> describe it slowly. I, I I saw a bunch of older ladies wearing American themed shirts. <laughs> all they the all matched. All, match, all the same shirt. Yeah. Very patriotic. Yeah. And and we look like a band. Yeah. Uh, but we had a roadie with us at the time, and I would say him and Danger are the most alternative looking people in the group. Sure. Yeah, and the four of us, uh, me, Chris, Kurt, and Rosie, all walked in. And I was like, "They think we're weird. Just wait till the other two walk in." <laughs> and they definitely got stares when they walked in. Uh, but it was just a weird, interesting chapel. Lots of uh, paintings all over the place. How, how do you feel about the precious moments figures? Like, what kind of emotions do they inspire in you? <laughs> Pr pretty apathetic, which is maybe why I don't remember it from my okay. childhood. Yeah, you, you didn't find them terrifying, but you also didn't find them hopeful the, and enlightening. The paintings being all kids 
was a little odd to me. But <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. so hold on. I, again, I need very specific information here. So you say there's paintings. Is this like a Sistine Chapel yes. situation where yes. you've got like yep. precious man, moments, yeah. like a precious moment angel reaching out to a pre- another precious <laughs> moment angel, that kind of thing? Basically. So there was on the actual site, they had a cave. So I guess that the guy who made Precious Moments, he wanted a cave on there. And they it was have, Tom Riley's farm they, before this. They have, they have the, the angel in front of it, like the angel that rolled away the boulder for it Jesus. This so, is the actual so place so, that Jesus Yeah, I didn't know about this. Dead. I knew about the chapel. I'd seen pictures inside the chapel. I didn't know they had like the when, tomb where Jesus were, and, and when they were buying the property, because they told us the whole story. Oh, don't yeah. you, don't oh, you yeah. know? You oh, can yeah. actually get the they, whole story. Told. We did the tour. Oh yeah, we did the tour level. there. Oh my god, we got, got the. Um, I was proselytized. I can't say that word right now, but yeah, yeah, because yeah. I'm an atheist, so I can't say that word. But <laughs> it, it's, it's a it's a terrible bought, word. It's a bad word. When that person bought the property, they literally said there needs to be three things and whatever, whatever. One of them was a cave. They literally like it has to have a cave on it. And Jesus brought him to this realtor. Just so you know, oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, he does that. Jesus a made a point to bring this person to that realtor because that realtor knew exactly where it was going. That's how mm. we were told by a 21 year old woman that didn't know anything. How bored do you think Jesus has to be <laughs> to negotiate a real estate deal? <laughs> Do you think he has a broker fee? Well, he must. And here's the best part. 10%. There was no... <laughs> so there was a platform so that you can overlook the cave and the angel in front of it. Yeah. Post boulder moving. And the thing is, there's no sign or fence. Well, there actually was a fence, but there was no sign saying we couldn't go up to it. We can't so read we, anyway, though. Yeah, so we can't read yeah. anyways. So we just went, we just hopped over and went, we had to go over a fence, which we went yeah, into we the cave. <laughs> just like Mary. <laughs> My name is Rosemary. <laughs> you Rosemary Magdalene. You know, you know what that cave was full of? Trash. Trash. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't empty. The tomb is not empty. We are not saved. <laughs> McDonald's was present. <laughs> Someone probably just does heroin there. Like that's probably their their spot. It was the Ozarks. Oh my god! So it's probably meth. Cave Wait, were there, spotting so, is that anything? Yes. <laughs> were there stained glass windows? Yes. Oh, you bet. Beautiful. Oh, you better oh, believe beautiful. it. They they had. They were shipped from California. Oh, they had yes. precious no, moments. Better yet was the hand carved wood doors that he learned how to carve. I, I have to give credit. This guy's an artist. Yeah. As much as I think it's corny, looking at the art in this, the his version of and the he's Sistine like Chapel, anonymous, right? Like no, no, no one no, actually no, no, lives no. there. No, he okay, lives. Okay, okay. He, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, we were upset because he didn't come over to greet us as a band. Uh, we're kind of a big deal, but <laughs> I fucking sound like Kurt right now. I spent way too much time with you. Uh, <laughs> but he's a really good artist, and you could the quality of the paintings no matter what they were, there was skill there. Yeah, and then we got to see yeah. some of his other paintings, photos of him. And you're like, Oh, this guy does like fine art. Well, he also wanted to make the doors to the chapel by hand. Mm. So he literally was in, I think, was wow. it Thailand or Taiwan? I, think it, no, I thought it was the Philippines. 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 It was the Philippines. Yeah. And he learned from a master carver and just hand carved the things himself. Unbelievable. And, and they're wow. carved differently on each side. These, these are these are also wow. carved into the shape of precious moments? Yes. Figurines? <laughs> Correct. There, there are four, four doors. There's two at the main entrance and two when you went into so, the chapel. So here's, here's what I'm finding interesting about this story, right? Is that it sounds like for, for Chris... 
it was this was something resembling a religious experience. Whereas Mike, you sound you you sound n- largely nonplussed by, by by the whole affair. This was just a building you walked into and walked out. Yeah, understand. Of. Mike comes from a very secret sect of Focus on the Family, <laughs> the Masonic wing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, it it was interesting. It was cool, but like, it was just. A chapel with a bunch of art. We know secretly Mike and Danger sometimes get behind our backs and go, why do they keep bringing us to these fucking places? <laughs> Let me sleep in the van. Well, that's another question that I that I wanted to ask about is, you know, just doing stuff while you are out on the road. I, I imagine that just going from venue to venue to venue, it does become exhausting after a while, not having those things to, to break it up. So when you are interested in finding something new to see or something strange or unusual, do you get recommendations from, uh, you know, the people who you're on the road with, from fans, from, I know you mentioned Atlas Obscura. I'm, I'm curious what that looks like. Yeah, I think all of the above. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it starts with Atlas Obscura, uh, especially the app, by the way, not the website. The app's mm. really good because it, it has a built-in map where you yeah. can scan an area and just click on things and kind of see what it says, which is how I found the Precious Moments one, not remembering the prior conversation. I'm apologizing to Rosie right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, you're forgiven. But we do we do Healed. take recommendations, Healed. and uh, yeah. or if we see a sign. But I was going to say road signs are your yeah. best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Our, totally. our biggest thing is That's uh, how we got free. to Uranus. Yeah, I'm sorry. Is, we Correct. went to Uranus Fudge Factory. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's real. I don't know if there's how, anything more to say about it. it. How was the fudge? Eh. It was fine. <laughs> the ice cream, the free ice cream I got oh. after they, yeah, so, you know, because they had ice cream, so I got two scoops and a yeah. cone. And I'm sitting there eating it, and a guy proceeds to call my name out with another two scoops of butter pecan ice cream. And he looks at me and goes, oh, you already got it. And as he turns to get rid of it, I'm like, bro, just give it to me. Like, <laughs> right. What do you so he, and, you know, shout out to Uranus for health code. Uh, he literally scooped <laughs> out the top of that waffle cone double scoop back into the bin. <laughs> Oh Which, no! <laughs> I did not know that yeah. part. And then it goes, well, I can't throw. I, I just have to throw either waffle, so you can have the rest that's in there. What? So I did get a third <laughs> scoop for free, and I actually just upside down it on top of the other two scoops sure. and had, had a blast eating it. Sure. Well, that's exciting. It was. But if you, yeah, there also was the world's largest belt buckle. Oh, where's that? In your, it's in, in Uranus. Uranus. Oh, that's not where belt buckles go. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should search a little deeper. <laughs> Search a little deeper. Pick a theme, Uranus. <laughs> I don't know what I expect. I walk in the door. Was is there corn? <laughs> I had a hot dog in Uranus. <laughs> oh, there was, was it. it. I had a pickle in Uranus. Mm. Oh, there I, was there was a prospector band. A prospector band. You. It was coin operated. Oh, oh like a like an animatronic. And they yeah. they sang yes. uh, Uranus joke songs. Oh mm. wow. This is like a fucking country bear jamboree style yeah. setup here, yes. but it's but about Uranus. Yeah. Did they have milk there? Could you like drink milk <laughs> straight out of Uranus? <laughs> I'm gonna say that that's where they started getting negative points with me. Yeah. Mm. Because no, they did not. They didn't have a single milk product I could just consume other than the ice cream. No cream pies. No. 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 Mm. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, Brian. Trust me, I would have been all over it. So where where exactly is Uranus located? Uh, somewhere in Missouri between uh, Springfield and St. Louis. 
where that's the that's yeah it's funny as it sounds yeah. <laughs> a lot of the things we've talked about are between like joplin and st louis that's just the part of the country where just you're driving and you got to go look at weird shit i yeah. guess i don't know if you knew this but we're part of the missouri tourism department <laughs> <laughs> y'all ever play branson <laughs> We have not oh, yet. God, no. I don't want to go to Dolly World, though. We also help yeah. uh, we're like PR for the California Cheese Trail. Correct. Like I feel, I, yeah, I feel like you should go to Branson and try to see if you can open for like Yakov Smirnoff or something. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've known magicians from Branson, Missouri. Of course you have. And uh, let, uh, let me really just... I want to get into whatever that was you just said. Uh, well, you <laughs> have to... Uh, it involves a boat. It's a very long story. It involves story. a boat, and they actually have a monkey, the two of them, in their in their mentalist act. They, they, those two magicians they, have they a monkey. They do mentalism to a monkey? Uh, that they, doesn't sound very impressive. <laughs> Trust me, it's not. It mostly involves iPads and Bluetooth. So uh, I've blown up their spot, I guess. But I have a... Um, I have a question because there's only one roadside attraction that I've ever actually been to, and it's a big duck that's located uh, upstate New York. Have you all been to the big duck? No, I no. Know. We need ducks. to now. Yeah. Is uh, it the duck that's a building? Yeah, it's a duck yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, building. Yeah. And I yeah. cannot recommend it enough. We I, have to go. There's yeah. nothing inside of it. It's mm. really just a giant duck that somebody built. But Wait, is somebody going to hear this episode in the next time. couple of days, right? Yeah, I'm going to try so to put my, this out today. My yeah. birthday is like six days from now. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but if Happy anybody birthday. listening has any recommendations for ponds with ducks in Fredericksburg, Ooh. Virginia, please send them to the Instagram for Hans okay. the Dog. Fredericksburg yeah. duck ponds. All yes. right. All right. The, the, the call is out. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting no you, explanation yeah. for it, by the way. No, it's good. There. The less context, I mean, with, the with all of the strain and all of the... I mean, it's, it's it's a packed schedule that you guys have. Touring and like you have to watch how much money you're spending because you're kind of bleeding it out for a lot of it. How do you find time for these fun things? Like, how do you how do you make room to get stuff that people are actually enjoying doing smart. while you're doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're smart. <clears throat> we uh we only drive or try to drive close to just three hours a day. Okay, uh, because there are enough cities in the U.S. There's almost no reason to do these giant eight hour drives. Like, anytime yeah. you see yeah. bands drive eight hours, all you're doing is waking up, getting to the venue, playing a show. Maybe have a few drinks. Feeling like depressed winter in but, bar. Yeah. <laughs> so I describe bar, those feelings. Go to bed, repeat. And like, there's nothing more depressing than the inside of a bar. Like, I think that's yeah. just <laughs> the steel cage we travel in. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Sure. It's you. We learned it kind of those early tours because we were aggressive in trying to break up the distance of being so central Texas. Yeah. Uh, and we did, you know, our first day one of tour ever was 14 hours in a van to get to show one. We left at like midnight on Friday, like 12 a.m. on a Friday to play a show on Friday in Gainesville, Florida from Austin. Ooh. And we did a couple tours like that. And we just were like, man, this is like, why do people only tour for like two weeks? This is awful <laughs> because, you you know, for us, we'd only be able to do the Midwest to a certain point. But yeah. like, you want to do West Coast or East Coast, you really need to plan longer. And so we started doing the 30 day tours. It's kind of been our staple. It's what we prefer. Yeah. We did a 50 day. It was one of the funnest, funnest tour ever, actually. Best tour we've ever had. Yep. But we did like a 45 day once and we we had prior members that uh, that that was miserable. You know, you hit a point with the same group of people as much as we love each other, like after 30 days, unless the shows are that killer. But it's those shorter distances between towns and cities that like, yeah. So how many days in a given year are you on the road then? It's probably anywhere between uh, three or four months. Like it just kind of depends. Um you know, hopefully, hopefully more eventually, hopefully more that yeah. are, uh, that pay us. 
Inshallah. When uh, the Missouri Tourism Board starts sending those checks to us. <laughs> it's so uh, weird. The, the deal just, like, the deal was signed, but the checks just haven't been coming through. What the really, hell? I, real, it's, I know that they're a little slow up in there because mm. they, um, Lot we of do things a little differently go. out here. <laughs> when you also consume, like after we consumed an entire tray and a half of gooey butter cake from sure, Lewis, sure. I totally get the slow process. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! So they got these horny sculptures in the Missouri. I, I, I just realized on. there's another yes. like so Missouri. So we also go to state capitals because oh, yeah, they're yeah. typically free. They're typically so, open during the day. Oh, good point. And the architecture's fun. And, but, well, that's why now. Initially, it was because... They have Liberty Bells. Oh. Did you know that... Every capital? No, but most. Kind. I was going to say, I didn't think Santa no, no, Fe no. had one. Well, actually, there's, I think there's 52 or 54 replicas of Liberty Bell that were all made at once. <laughs> and most, <laughs> most are housed at state capitals. Most don't know I'm coming. <laughs> and I'm fucking ringing that bell. And we have video. We've, I don't think we've ever posted them, huh? We've we have like a collection no, of, it, yeah. we have a collection of videos of me ringing bells across oh the US. Google Drive so, somewhere. Anyways, there's these horny statues. At the Missouri State Capitol. Yeah. In the, the Capitol in the building? Back, like it's, behind so it. It's on, yeah. on the property. And, and oh, capitals yes. also give you the chance, like when you're in Sacramento, California, to go, how long are you open? 15 minutes? Where's Schwarzenegger? And you <laughs> yeah. get to run up <laughs> three begin. flights of stairs just to see the governor portrait painting of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> he was he was our governor for most of my childhood. Uh, That's it, okay. We had Gary Johnson. Well, but it was it was well, one of those did, things where we? like if there was like an emergency in California, you turn on the TV and be like, "Listen to me. You've got to get out of there. The earth is shaking." Uh, see, yours is good. I, I had Romney for a while. Uh, oh, oh shit! At some point, well, you should probably consider evacuating. Maybe get. Get your dog and hitch him to the top of your oh, car. No. <laughs> no, there is no way to carry dogs. You must use both arms. <laughs> he is an animal lover. Schwarzenegger loves animals. I don't think you should. I don't think you should do that to a dog. I'm Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan. Um, so, uh, rest in peace, Bill Richardson. You died on the same day as Jimmy Buffett. And you were both in Jeffrey Epstein's black book. Anyway, <laughs> I, 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 have, I didn't know that. I have a question weekend. here, cool. though, about because like we've we've talked a bit now about you know life on the road as well as the preparations to get out there. But I also wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about like doing the actual things. Yeah. That's yeah. why you're out there, right? You're out there to do shows, to make it happen, to get out in front of audiences. And I feel like there is sort of a thing going on right now in the post-pandemic environment. I mean, post-pandemic in quotes, since the obviously. Pandemic started, yeah. Since the pandemic started, where um, it, is, it is oftentimes harder to get people to come out. Yeah. Are you finding that this is the case? We've actually had some of our most successful shows uh yeah <laughs> that um wow we play scott we've always found it hard to get people to come out <laughs> <laughs> broadway really is back yeah broadway is back yeah no it's uh, actually it's uh we've i don't know we've just had more success i, I yeah. don't know if i mean there was a lineup change things got better yeah i'm gonna say yeah and yeah. i think the overall I think our overall attitude and approach to doing this as a profession kind of shifted in that moment as well. They coincided. Mm. And so I don't think, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I don't, I know I haven't been happier since all of this. Like we have been a happier band. There's been so much more positive energy and vibes. Uh, and we hear from other people that have seen version one, the version two, 
uh, especially close friends across the country that are like, man, you, you can just see it in our faces while yeah, we're playing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that resonates with crowds. And so, yeah, we, we've actually been more successful as a band post COVID, uh, or, wow. or since the pandemic started yeah. is a much better way to say yeah. that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think for me, I, during that time had more time to be online sure. and sort of engage with other people, like other musicians, other bands that were online as well. So I think, I mean, that's mm. probably a part of it. Maybe not a huge part. So that the, that basically making means connections. you know mm -hmm. more people, you have more leads. It gets easier to book stuff because yeah. of what Kurt was talking about at the beginning. Yeah. Rosie's really good at meeting people. Rosie's yes, she is. I'm an introvert. I've known Rosie for a long time, and yes, yes, she is very good at no, meeting people. She's a people. fucking liar right now. <laughs> Not that good at saying goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually really good at it. I just I, I make it a long, dramatic process. Sure, sure, yeah, for the, everyone. Yeah, the 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 longer the goodbye, the more impactful it is. We all know this. Um, I'm curious to hear too. To the, I mean. Obviously, you mentioned the lineup change. You don't have to talk about that in detail if you don't want to, and I imagine you don't. But I am curious to hear, Chris, you had you had said, you know, that you felt like there was a change in the way that you thought about th doing this as a profession. I'm curious to hear what that looked like specifically, as well as if the rest of you had a, a similar experience. Sure. I When we started touring heavier with the original lineup, um, Long story short, my wife uh, actually sat me down with some friends and kind of convinced me to leave my career um, in higher education to pursue this because this has always been a dream. Sure. So it, it was there for a while, but um, and, and honestly, I think the 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 losing the former member thing at this point has kind of been done and, and a little boring. Uh, I think just for us though. But uh, I stopped being friends with our former singer a couple years prior to them not being in the band. Okay, and that really changed. Do I want to do this, etc. Um, and it's not to speak ill of them. They just had a very different negative approach to life. Mm -hmm. And it was a part of their personality that I think they enjoyed and that's fine. But I don't think Mika and Rosie, as we were trying to figure out what to keep doing are like that. And it got to a point where I think multiple times, one of the three of us was probably considering, do we want to keep doing this? And it was such a shift that it, it, it was just noticeable. It's just noticeable right away. Like I've, like I said, I've just never been happier and I don't know how to explain it further than that, that, you know, I think our, our own positivity towards each other and towards our bandmates and the way that we do this and why we want to do it and why we want to do it for the right reasons and, and, and how we want to interact with people. Because that's, we talk about a lot on, on all kinds of things. Like we want, we don't want to just play a show. Like we want to eat dinner with you. We want to sit in a room with you. We want to get to know you. Like, and we get to do that. That's actually part yeah. of why that's part of what touring, uh, by the way, makes it easier is staying with people in the communities you're playing. We talk about it all the time, but yeah. like when we hear bands are like, Oh, I got hotels for every night. Whoa. Why? <laughs> there are more bed bugs there than where I'm staying. Yeah. It, I, I think, um, we also try to em emote the, uh, <laughs> the, kindness and uh joy that we do feel a lot of times in just playing outwardly and i think that was a big shift from the old lineup is like there's a less of a angry humor and more of a almost a kindness to what i we're goofs goofy. we're goofy joyful rebellion is yeah. how i like to think of it Ooh. yeah there, there is something about like building community and the way that you guys have been able to do that and how people come out to your shows and they're like, yeah, I've been listening to you for a long time and like, and you get to know them. And I think that's really cool. 
uh, as someone who is personally very bad at that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, well, when I went to y'all's show, uh, which was absolutely phenomenal, um, He's wearing the t-shirt, by the way, AJ, for, uh, for context. Yeah, no, I have, I got the merch. It's very comfortable. Buy their t-shirts. Uh, but, uh, I was standing, I was sitting in the back. I had a big backpack on and everyone else was sort of like really like moshing, but I was standing next to these two older gentlemen who, uh, literally stood next to me and were stock still for the entire show, but they were bouncing up and down on their heels. And that was the only motion their body moved. And then when the song tempo changed, they would go a little faster. And then they would stop. <laughs> and then there's this truly uh, magnificent part of, of your show where you go, uh, you uh, as a band, run out into the bar and march around and bring everybody from the bar into, uh, into the room. Bartenders um, hate them. <laughs> <laughs> One weird trick. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then get everybody sort of in, in this lovely conga line. And when you came back in, it was the one time these two guys moved to join the conga line. But even then, just stock still except for their feet moving up and down and I was like I don't think their arms <laughs> work these two because the music is so infectious you think I yeah. was like like flailing like a fucking Kermit Muppet well, but yeah but you just you do that <laughs> yeah, that's true. and also I don't appreciate you calling me an old man AJ uh, listen <laughs> hey, hey look at what I look at what I did there you're younger than me get out of here <laughs> yeah I, I would love to hear if you have any more just about the what it feels like to be up there night after night after night because it sounds like right now at least it is really a lot of fun and really enjoyable um can you describe that feeling oh that's a hard oh, feeling to describe into it yeah i'm gonna I'll, I'll i'll start first but i'm gonna i'll hand it to danger i think danger will we'll get there okay so um i mean it's exhilarating i guess is is an adjective that i like um, I mean, there's, there's also a part for me that there's like, I feel focused in a way. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because it's not always on like my parts or my music sometimes if I need to, right? If, but like, I, I tend to be focused on the crowd. I love to watch what, how people are reacting and how they're responding to what we're doing. And I, and I like to get a little dramatic too and kind of like creepy look at people during certain lines mm -hmm. and stuff. And I don't know. So so I guess in that way, I feel like very focused because it's just um, like, oh, what's a different word? Like almost overwhelmed, but not in a bad way. Yeah. Like almost like, um, like everything all at once. It's like, I can almost just like feel everything that's happening everywhere. I feel very aware of, of, of my, not, not, not the drums. I fell on those a couple of times, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, of, but of the crowd, like I think, what do you, people, what do you yeah. see? What do you notice? Um, well, I mean, I notice so many people like smiling and I think that's something that like keeps, uh, keeps me doing it and, and loving it is that, you know, um, and, and we, and I was told this once, even in the old lineup. And I think maybe because of this one moment, I, it's something that I really strive to, to do is like spread that joy and fun. Um, there was a girl who came up after our show, a show in Albany, um, where by the way, when we were done, just. I've never heard a crowd scream so loud mm. and so long, which was a crazy feeling too. Like it just felt like time wasn't going to end in that moment. Uh, but she came up after and she's like, Hey, like I was engaged. My partner died and I have not been able to dance. I haven't been able to laugh until this oh, moment. Wow. Mm. <laughs> so, Oh my God, look at me. I'm, I'm an old lady now. I tear up. <laughs> 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 oh 
uh, Grandma Rosie. Anyway, Danger's turn. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting as like as an audience member, the effect music can have on you and just like make you move and stuff like that. And I had this like really surreal kind of out of body mo- moment at our uh, festival, Muddy Roots. I was on a lot of things, but mostly mushrooms and like <laughs> just kind of like watching my hand play as I was like bouncing around on the stage <laughs> and just thinking about that hand is like, I mean, in combination with the rest of the instruments, making hundreds of people move around and like yeah. do that. And it was just like fucking crazy. And I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. <laughs> like, I want to do this every day. Yeah. You, you had a, a violent J like miracles <laughs> moment. <laughs> <laughs> you start to think a lot about magnets and things yeah. of that nature. We, are, we have yeah, submitted work. multiple years for uh, yeah. uh, the gathering. And oh, so cool. if they want to put us on it, we're down oh, yeah. like a clown. They actually gave the one of the politest rejections ever. Oh, I bet. Yes. Yeah, so it was, cool. It was legitimately so cool. got back. It's like, hey, you know, we have it filled out. You know, you guys, you know, sound good. You know, go ahead and try again next year. Yeah. Like, thanks and for it, shooting your shot. It was like, awesome. It wasn't like job, a canned guys. one. It was like yeah. a very, like, a personalized, like, yeah, you know, keep at it. And you're so, like, oh, shit. Gathering's really nice. <laughs> so we're just, just to throw that out there. Any listeners have a connection say, to the gathering? Our juggalos. Please let us our know. Our juggalos and our listenership. Yeah. It's like half of. Half of our listenership is juggalos. Yeah. Uh, Mike, were you going to say something? No, I was just handed the mic. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think Andrew didn't want to hold it anymore for fear of having to talk. Yeah. Uh, Kurt, what fair. about you? That's fair. Uh, I I think that when I, when I started playing, I, and, you know, especially when I switched over to doing the vocals and trombone, it felt like, the thing I should have been doing my whole life Mm. and Mm -hmm. it sounds funny but it really is this moment where you're like oh like this is what I'm good at doing and I've I've done a lot of odd jobs I've done video and you know a lot of food service things and it's like to have that moment where you're on stage you're like oh like this is what I'm supposed to do it it feels right it feels right there's nothing else in my life that's felt like as a career, like I should be doing it. And that's how it feels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How about you, Chris? Oh, uh, well, A, it's funny, you know, y'all ask Rosie, like, how, what does she see? And it's funny for me because I, I see shit. I, I literally, <laughs> <laughs> things, we were playing a show where all of a sudden the crowd dissipated in a manner that I said, oh my God, they hate us. And there were a bunch of young kids. But I found out after show it's because an older guy that was hammered crowd killed all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't I don't see anything the same way um, when we're on bigger stages and stuff for sure. Um, and there's all the feelings I get from watching people enjoy our music and, and express kind of what it does for them in different ways because we're not sitting there like offering these deep lessons in life in the same. You know, we we're a very different kind of band, but um, that I mean, they're, energy, hidden, they're hidden in there. Yeah, we we hide stuff for sure. Like you break our algorithm, try, yeah. but. It is also selfish in a way that I, I think is okay to say that um, I I am good at other things. I've had other careers, but I I now feel confident that I'm I'm good at this. I enjoy doing this, and I love the feeling I get when I play with these people. Yeah. Um. And so it's not even just me. Like when when we finish a set, I mean it's it's just smiles. It's happy. I mean half the yeah. time we walk up to one another and we'll hug each other or pat somebody on the back because like it's just a great show. And it doesn't matter if it's, and it no sounds cliche, but it really doesn't matter to us if it's five people or 500. Um, because I'm not only playing for the people in the crowd, I'm playing for the rest of my bandmates and playing for me. 
and there's not really a better job. I having having spent years in a career, it's I prefer feels, this. It still feels great in the practice room, you know. Yeah. Just mm. well, where where did the the gimmick of performing in your underwear come from? <laughs> uh, so I back in college, I saw this band. They're one of my all time favorite bands called the Taxpayers, and so okay. the lead singer Rob Taxpayer, he, I think. At the time, he I think he was a bit more of a drinker. He just decided to strip down to his underwear and perform the set. Just on a whim? I, I, I don't know if he did it all the time. It's the only time I he's caught my, him. He's our friend now. I can ask him. Yeah. yeah. Is like, his real name Rob? Yeah, I, I, I'm, his real name is Rob. I'm no, so so I just sorry. connected Rob Taxpayer. And I'm like, that's I'm really sorry. funny. Is his Christian name Taxpayer? <laughs> yeah, so they... Uh, they Christian it's a family names are band. first names. Oh, either. really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I've been saying that wrong for <laughs> tw- 33 years. Uh, <laughs> first thing I came out of the womb saying was Christian name. Um, <laughs> no, that, that's incredible. It's uh, your Jesus year. I didn't know that. Yeah, but y'all friends are with him now. Yeah, yeah, he actually yeah. let us so, stay at his yeah. house. But I, yeah. but something I, about that. Yeah, I was, about it. I was enamored with it, and so yeah. I, I started doing it uh, when I with my college band, and then eventually I started doing it with Hans Group and the Diehards and my other band Los Carados. And I think it's the it's very freeing. I think the way I've described it in the past is like, you know how they always tell you, oh, if you're getting performance anxiety, to imagine everyone in their underwear. Yeah. Well, just just strip down your underwear, sure. And like, (laughs) it's almost like I've already bared pretty much everything, so there's nothing else to be worried or ashamed about. My favorite though was we didn't know it was coming. We had no clue. (laughs) There was no conversation, which fine. I don't give a shit. I love that you (laughs) performing your boxers. And I now perform yeah, in booty shorts. Sure enough, yeah. but, and now I got a pair of booty shorts, shorts that say oh, A-cap nice. on the back. That's probably a big hit with the bears at the, uh, at the leather bar, I imagine. I, yes. Yeah. Um, we should get you a harness. But <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'll take a sponsored one. Um, <laughs> you even put your, your podcast the worst of it. all possible worlds harness. <laughs> oh, let's go, dude. I am the worst of all possible worlds. I'm uh, harnessed Voltaire. <laughs> but the, the first show Kurt ever did did this with Hans Gruber and the diehards. And I don't even think I'd seen you do it with Los Corrados. So we're playing this like free uh, South by South uh, off brand South by Southwest show, AKA don't do these if you're a musician, but we were doing it. A couple of <laughs> friends were playing and Kurt's parents are there. And then I turn and Kurt's in his underwear and I look at his parents and I'm like, I guess this is the day, right? This is what's, <laughs> this is how we're doing it. Yeah. Like, and it was, I mean, it, it just has always stuck in my head. Like, yeah, no, you waited till your parents were there. You needed that approval, right? You need to make <laughs> sure that mom Because if your mother came up to you and said, oh, sweetie, sweetie, yeah. I love you guys, but don't do that. My, <laughs> my parents have always been very supportive of my bands. So, and they're supportive What's of me. Like? They would. <laughs> <laughs> it's very nice. Your, your, your parents are wonderful. As they are. They're very sweet. Um, I guess I've got one last question really here to tie it all together. Cause we're, we're about in an hour now, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, our show is all about art, right. And yeah. pop culture, making it, consuming it, engaging with it in a lot of different ways, hating it, uh, hating it, <laughs> loving it somewhere in between sometimes digging past whatever they're trying to say, which is something I Absolutely. love that you do, Josh. Absolutely. Well, all of you, but um, only Josh, <laughs> only, only Josh exclusively Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, you know, we, we don't get the chance to talk very often with people who are out there creating it. Yeah. And so a lot of our listeners, I think also have an interest in creating shit of their own. And so my question is for those people mm. listening right now, 
who are maybe thinking about doing something, starting to do something, you know, figuring it, they've, they, they, they're, they're figuring out how to take it to the next level, whatever. What words of advice do you have for them having now gone through sort of the experience that you've had in, in growing your own project? I would say, I mean, besides just going and doing it, uh, be okay with failing at it because you're not going to be good at it when you start and you're not going to be good at it a year from there and you're not going to be good at it. And it sounds terrible, but it's like legitimately, it takes a long time to be good at something. But if you enjoy it and you get something out of it personally, just keep going. And I think you'll also find people who enjoy that experience with you. Um, I forgot the question. No. Uh, <laughs> so I think for me, uh, if I was the advice I actually do sometimes give to people was, man, fuck anything your parents told you about needing income and a job. And, and I, and I mean this, I really do mean this, <laughs> but like I was raised by parents who like really pushed the idea that you had to keep a steady job. You had to put food on the table. You had to make a certain income and you don't have to like your job. You can have a career that might bring some enjoyment, but like you need to do these things. And it took me to my mm. mid thirties to go fuck that because it's not important. It's not important to me, especially if you want to be in the arts, like um, no offense, but the happiest people in the world aren't making the best shit. So like right away, whatever makes you happy, get rid of that in your life. So, you know, <laughs> but like, <laughs> right? it's not fucking depressing. <laughs> but like I thought, and I mean this truly, I thought, thought having I, I left as a dean of students at the point that I left my career in higher education it oh was, wow it was the mountain I wanted to get to yeah I thought that made me happy I thought having the career had made me happy I thought making damn near six figures made me happy and I'd rather be poor and do this I'd rather be poor and pursue the art and the passion than have the safety net of a broken system because by the way None of it matters. Like why, why, why am I raising all this money for what to buy a house? Nobody owns their house. Nobody owns the land mm. and it's fucking stolen to begin with. So That's right. yeah. 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 Like, yeah, but like we don't truly get access to the things we think we do. So is it so I can have a bigger house, bigger rooms, like a nicer car? I don't want any of those things. I'd rather create art and whatnot and like tour and perform in front of people. And that's my passion, but any art kind of flexes to whatever extreme it is, yeah. but it was understanding that my parents had it wrong. And because we mm. can never live in the same system. And this got way fucking serious. I'm so sorry. We always bring it back to material conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we can't live in the same environment that our parents right. lived in because I don't believe, and you'll never convince me otherwise that a house should cost more than it's the, the product and the cost of labor. So whatever that was, whatever the, the lowest denominator of the wood and the paneling and everything else and the wires plus the labor costs, yeah. At a fair fucking wage, by the way. Once Rosie gets paid, yes, then that's it. <laughs> but does that mean my house should Looking be a half a million Missouri dollars? Tourism board. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I, yeah. it, it took it really it took me thirty five plus years of my life to mm. get and move away from that mentality. And I do I struggle? Hell yeah! Is this yeah. lifestyle the fucking hardest? And did I drop a banana peeled on the ground in front of a gas pump? Pick it up and go fuck it. That was food and eat it. Yeah. Mm. Because I didn't want to waste that food. Yeah. Me and Rosie once ate su sidewalk sausage, and you'll have to. We you'll did? have to get. The, yeah, you have to get the, this. Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it earlier, and you remembered. 
Mike got the sausage dropped on the sidewalk. We got all the sausage, uh, the crum- <laughs> sidewalk crumbles, and we. Oh yeah, yeah. Crunchy. Anyways, that, yeah. that's the end of my rant. But yeah. it's yeah. it's push away the boundaries that were uh, implied upon you by parental figures, yeah. and just do the thing that makes you happy, and and understand it's gonna suck. And you know the best quote ever is like, "Fail, fail again, fail better." Like, yeah. deal with that part of it. I know it's fucking hard, but yeah, it, it took nine years to sit in a room with people I don't know to do this right now. Yeah, and I like yeah. that. <laughs> We're still a oh, ska band, me? so you know we're still failing. Yeah. Yeah. Just to add on to Kurt's, um, with with a group like, I mean, how I would phrase what you said is like, just have an expectation of doing it, and like mm-hmm. rock bottom expectations. Just like I'm gonna do the thing, and then you do the thing, and then cool. Everything else after that is just additive and awesome, and makes it better. But another important thing, as someone who's come from like a lot of other projects that are no longer active, a big point of contention is that people have different expectations. People have like different goals, especially if you're younger. Once you get to about 30 years of age, most people aren't going to keep doing art and stuff like that. They're going to like have kids, get a day job, whatever else. And that you're going to have to like clear that hurdle. You're going to like lose your guitarist or whoever and like have to replace them. But mostly for like group things, make sure everyone's on the same page. Reconvene on that. Just to add on to Kurt's, make art for art's sake. Like, yeah. if you find yourself in a position to try to build a career out of it, awesome, but just make art to make art. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like everything was said so well. I don't know that I have much more to add. Um, but I guess, yeah, making art for art's sake, but also making it for, I don't know, part of your own, for me, I guess, part mm-hmm. of my own process of just, like, figuring out this fucking crazy world and sort of commenting on it in a weird twisted way, which is something I think that we do. Um, and, and I'm not like a huge lyric writer, but I tend to be, I come up with like the weird little ideas and then Kurt will just build a whole song off of it. Not always, but that's a a lot of times kind of how it works. Like the group, like the group tops, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like just these little, and it's, and it, and, and honestly, like, um, and, and, yeah, here, here we go. Here we go. My advice is coming. Um, <laughs> Three, two, one. Boom. <laughs> oh, if I had a fart on cue, that would have been perfect. <laughs> um, make my mom proud. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think, um, and this maybe goes back to a bit of like where my upbringing, like, like the good side, which is like growing up uh, near the reservation, basically on the reservation. Yeah. Um, is I think, sort of like somehow filtering this crazy world through humor because that's how a lot of those stupid ideas like with our songwriting come about anyway is that we're just joking around and we're just like making the bit further and joking further and like I think y'all do that great and that's something that I think that we kind of we do I don't know and so I guess going in hand with that is like fucking do the thing like everybody said and um, also like don't take yourself too seriously yeah yeah well so for like uh, our little last point here where are you guys gonna be what are you selling what are your albums what are you buying <laughs> <laughs> oh god i'll buy it at a high price yeah so what uh, tell us about the tour tell us about the music tell us where people can find you and give you money so we this tour has been uh it's about a four weeks long in total we were at Muddy Roots, which is a festival in Tennessee a few weeks ago, we yeah. are on our way down to inter- the Supernova. Supernova. Oh my gosh. 
Supernova. What are you buying? <laughs> the what are you Supernova <laughs> International Ska Festival. Okay. Uh, out in Virginia. Uh, and that's going to be a pretty wild time. We have dates in between there tonight. We're in Brooklyn. Everyone listening to this now will say, man, I wish I would have known they were in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we don't have a huge New York listenership, so it's fine. Uh, we have, we're going to be in Asbury Park. For mini SPI Fest. Oh, you can make it down to little... Asbury Park if you're here. Yeah. Asbury Park's it's, great. Hang out on the uh, boardwalk, play some pinball. That's a Sunday, September 10th. They right. also okay. might not um, hear this in time. Uh, yeah. I'll try to get this out tonight. The 11th off. Yeah, okay. Okay. In, uh, in memoriam. Why? Yeah. Did something happen? <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. I remember. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Have you forgotten? Forgot. <laughs> it, uh, it was the anniversary of a mediocre generica uh, by a band called Leftover Crack. Also, Avril Lavigne's birthday. Jimmy World's great self titled album that they had to change the name after, which was Bleed American. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> so anyways, uh, on the 12th, we're going to be in Baltimore and then 13th in Washington, DC and the 14th in Fredericksburg. That's, birthday! That's his birthday. Woo! Duck ponds, duck pond recommendations. Yeah. And other shows in between. Yeah. Nice. We'll, uh, we'll put the schedule as well in the show notes and of the your, upcoming shows. Yeah. Your website, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. www.hgdhband.com. All right. And you can find our dates, uh, I think, on Spotify, Bands in Town. Um, yeah. On any social media platform in existence. On any social media platform in existence. <laughs> on any social media platform in existence. I am Spartacus. Fuck. <laughs> um, LinkedIn. No. Just kidding. Uh, I don't think we're don't on Parler, actually. <laughs> Whoa! Okay. I think Parler's gone. It has gone. I think yeah, it's it gone. Got sold. It was a gone trick again. Yeah. We're also not on Truth or whatever. Truth, truth Social. Truth Social. Oh, I wanted to give you some truths. <laughs> oh. Um. Are we, are we okay? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The plane? Yeah. Can we, yeah. we can just stop oh, this. I, we can I, say, I, I like, you know, uh, I got. I can land the plane. Okay, land the plane. Okay. Then. All right. All right. Chesley listen. Sullenberger. Listen. <laughs> That's my Charlie Day. Um, so, um, <laughs> what I find so uh, uh, what what you have all mentioned uh, previously was this sort of uh, sense of putting joy out into the world. Yeah. That there's this sense of explosive joy that ha comes with every single one of your shows. And having partaken in one, I can uh, fully attest to it. It's it's just remarkable what you all do. Um, I I don't think I've felt a feeling of that elation in a really long time. And it was just like, it was so needed. So if you are looking for that sense of, of just unadulterated joy, please go see Hans Gruber and the diehards and make your own precious moments. Oh, yeah, I got oh, I'm the worst of all possible AJs. I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. And I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. See you Wednesday for the main episode. Bye. We are the best of all possible Hans Gruber and the diehards. Yes!